You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And for the 250th time already, welcome down to my 9-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. This is the 250th episode of Socks in the Basement, the podcast for fans, by fans, all white socks. And it's all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. I was just tagged, Ed, in a Twitter post yesterday. By a guy who was worried because he's having problems. He hears some weird noise underneath his foundation. There's all this snow. There's all this water. He's like, I'm going to flood. And a random listener just who follows Socks in the Basement tagged me and said, you should be listening to Socks in the Basement. Get the information for Family Waterproofing Solutions and get them out there before everything starts to melt. You know, next week it's going to pour. It's going to be 38 degrees and it's going to rain every day for four days. You are going to need a boat on the south side of Chicago to get around. Your basement might be in trouble. If you've ever seen a little seepage and a little water, maybe you contact them this week and make sure that isn't bigger next week, okay? FAMWS.com or call the phone number that is on our logo. It is uh, found right there in the corner of the Socks in the Basement logo on every podcast player that you can use and also at SocksInTheBasement.com. So my friend, 250 episodes of Socks in the Basement. and uh, I'm only 230 behind you. <laughs> If you include when you called me about Michael Kopech's debut and right. when I pretended to be a random listener who suggested that Jason Benetti and Andrew Benintendi were actually related. I know. You were you were like, that's an interesting trivia question. Or to, when Jason yeah. Benetti was on the show, you called Benetti and asked a question about whether or not the two of them were related or something like that. We just did that to I mess suggested with that he was his cousin and he should use right. his, uh, his influence <laughs> to get the Red Sox to trade him to the White Sox. Back when... Ben Intendi was actually yeah. good. Go back and find that episode. That one's on demand. You can hear you can yeah, hear you Ed go. trying to play uh, an idiot because he was <laughs> he was doing a bit, and that's actually Ed doing that a long time ago. That's two years ago when he was on. We're gonna take yeah. a look back at a few things later on in the show and talk about it, and also in celebration and in honor of the 250th episode of Socks in the Basement, we have a massive announcement coming up here. We are going to be bringing you. Socks in the Basement Fest. Now, this is something we have been talking about since they canceled Socks Fest. And we thought to ourselves, the only way we're doing it is we can do it at a place in person and actually have people come out and do this safely. And now the way the world is opening up, we have sat down, we have discussed it. We have an awesome place. We're going to announce the entire thing before the show is over and maybe even let you in on some of the people that are scheduled to appear. And it's going to happen before the first game of opening day at some point during spring training. Did you see this spring training TV schedule that came out? I mean, I did. I briefly looked at it. James Fox made fun of it with me when he was on the show over the weekend. And if you missed it, jump on there and take a listen to the one we just did with him because we kind of went over some interesting things going in and around the White Sox with with James Fox from Future Sox and talked about some prospects and what might happen in spring training. But he made a joke about like, well, hopefully we'll be able to watch games because it's going to be a shame if the flagship home of the White Sox shows as many games in spring training as they did as they as they've done in the past six games on tv i think i counted six yeah i mean obviously gas money needs to get its tv time there's like a bass fishing tournament somewhere oh yeah 
We got to we got to watch some silly Division three college game, and we can't watch White Sox spring training baseball. That should be like the focal point of their entire station this year. It should be the number one thing. I get it when they were rebuilding, and the White Sox weren't the hottest ticket in town. But you're an idiot if you think that White Sox fans aren't going to be watching your station, and you only need to show six games on TV. There's more of them online at WhiteSox.com during spring training than on NBC Sports. There should be almost every game. Every game should basically be televised this year. And then just lead it in with, you know, reruns of the Hawks games and uh, reruns of the Bulls games and the outro. And there you go. And 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 I'll be glued to my TV then because I, I don't mind rewatching the, the, the Blackhawks right now. And I'd love to see what the Sox are doing in spring training. I'm baseball crazy right now. I want to, I want to, you know, I'm in that mode of where I want to see players on the field, even if it means I have to watch Jose Ruiz pitch. There is something like 13 games, as I look at it real quick, in which there's no radio or TV or internet feed at WhiteSox.com. 13 games are in a regular season that you're going to have to get, like, you're going to have to wait for the ticker to come across. Like, you remember in, in Eight Men Out, where they go in there and they're sitting there and the one guy's reading the thing off the wire and, and, yeah. and is giving the account pitch by pitch? That's, you won't even have that for 13 games of spring training. That's embarrassing. To be fair, though. To be fair, those are the games that they play completely in the nude, so it's it's awkward. <laughs> it's a it's an exercise that they do. Yes, it's it 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 makes the mind and the spirit come together, and there's nothing like playing baseball nude to get ready for the regular season. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's really nothing like it. You don't want to be hit by a pitch. That's all I gotta say. I mean, think about it. There's there's six games that are gonna be on television, and the first and the last one are two of them. So over the course of thirty days in between, there's only four. For 30 days, there's only four games on television. That's brutal. We might have to bring back the simulated season for that month. That's ridiculous. Maybe we should. But, you know, I would get it, too, here. If there was a question about Benetti and Stone traveling or Len Casper and and, um, Darren Jackson. I'll do it for free. Send me down there. There's plenty of people that can call the game. They don't have to go down. They don't have to go down. They did all the road games last year from the home baseball park. They did all the road games remotely, right? It wasn't ideal, but we actually got some insight into that because they talked about it during the games, how it was a little bit harder because they couldn't actually watch the game in progress. They had to rely on the video feeds. Some of those spring training games, the video feed is one stationary camera that points out towards center field, and you get a sense of what's going on, but you don't need much of a crew for that. You don't even need to give me play-by-play. You just have to have somebody come on and talk about the team and what's going on and interview a couple of people or or have a couple of people stop by and talk about what's going to be happening this year with the team. You don't even need to give me a play-by-play. You could bring anybody in. You could just show me a stagnant feed with a score and just the sound of the game. I don't even need announcers for spring training. That's insane. It, it's It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the White Sox, and it's embarrassing for their their flagship station. Yeah, it, it, you know, yeah. people have made fun of uh, for years, like the Twitter account for ESPN Radio, like uh, ESPN White Sox Twitter account, like it never gets used, like they don't cover the team, and now they're the flagship. And they the radio station, the new radio station, the new radio home has more games than the TV station. And that is the company that forgets who won the 2005 World Series. Authentic fan, my rear end. All right. So anyway, uh, you wrote a blog. It's up. I'm not going to get into it, but I do want to kind of talk about spring training a little bit and what we're going to be looking at, if you don't mind diving into it. But tell me real quick, what what are you covering this week in the 
mismatched socks blog. So what I'm doing over the course of spring training, and I'm going to do it uh, with six different teams, and I start this week with Cleveland, is I'm going to be comparing the White Sox to the other contenders in the AL, running down position group by position group. And I'm doing that because Pakoda came out and said the Sox are going to finish third in the division, and they basically squashed the White Sox and said they're not going to be a good team this year. They're going to be a 500 team and, and out of the playoffs. And I think they're wrong. And instead of trying to fight analytics with analytics, I'm just going to go down the list and show where the Sox are better and where maybe they are falling behind some of these other teams. Sox in the basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4. E, a 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota, and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. It has become increasingly clear, and James Fox even touched on it uh, this past weekend when he was on the show, that Andrew Vaughn is your DH. For this year. Yes, he is. And the only question is, will they hold him down to have that extra year of control? And it, it would only be about a week and a half, two weeks, kind of like with the, the Chris Bryant thing. They're not going to keep him down there to be able to avoid like Super 2 or anything else like that. They're not going to they're not gonna play those kind of games, but they just want that year of control. So you could see somebody like Yerman Mercedes as the DH for a week and a half. They're going to they're gonna come up with some ridiculous reason or... They're going to sign him to an extension. And I guarantee right now that Andrew Vaughn has been presented with an extension offer and they're trying to get it done so they can start the season with him. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not he says, yeah, sure, I want to get going. Or if he goes, that's ridiculous. And they go, okay, well, fine. These are how the rules are. So expect to sit down for like two weeks, you know, with a, or, or they'll say it in a way that, you know, we'd hate to think that something doesn't work out for you and you can't start with the team. Like, who knows? I don't know how these things go and how close they get to the whole wink, wink, like, we're going to do this to you, but we can't tell you we're going to do it to you. But I, that's pretty much the picture. If you look at the White Sox roster and you go around the horn, we we don't have any other questions. We know who all the starters are at every position. We know that Adam Angle will be coming off the bench along with Larry Garcia. And they're going to have a battle for the backup catcher spot between LaCroix and Collins and possibly even Mercedes. You're going to also have that other spot. I think they'll still take four guys on the bench, even though they can go with 12 guys on the bench and 14 pitchers this year instead of 13 and 13. But I think that they would still most likely keep a middle infielder, and that's going to be the Danny Mendick and Tim Beckham that we talked about already. So that we see a battle at backup catcher. We see a battle at middle infield. We also know who our top three starters are, Giolito, Lynn, and Keuchel. And if you're still making the argument that Keuchel is the two-starter, uh, either because he's better than Lynn or because since he's a lefty and uh, Giolito's a righty, it still works if he's third because Lynn's a righty. So I don't understand that argument at all. People keep trying to tell me that, that Keuchel will be the two guy. That's not the case. Lynn's the two guy. So it'll be Giolito, Lynn, and Keuchel. 
After that, we have two spots, and we're going to see quite the battle. Uh, Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech is who they want to win the battle. That has become very obvious. In fact, even after uh, me talking about how I don't think he's going to break with the team because they can grab uh, more service time, and James Fox and Jordan Lazowski over the last week talking about, I don't think he's breaking with the team, but I don't think they're going to hold him out for too long. The White Sox have come out and plainly said that they have every intention, J.P. Morosi this week, reporting that he's learned from the White Sox their intention is to break camp with Kopech in the five-man rotation. Now, that could be lip service. You, you never know the, how these things get out and if there's a reason they put that out there because if he doesn't have a good spring, I don't think he breaks camp with the team. But that's at least what they are portraying that they want. You will also have a Carlos Rodon that you spent $3 million on. If he doesn't make the team, I don't know what you're doing with him. You just threw that in the garbage? I, I don't know how that works. And for a team with a budget, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And you got Reynaldo Lopez, who still has an option year. And those four guys are really fighting for those two spots, I would think, realistically. Could somebody come out of the blue? Possibly. But those are really the four guys that I think that you're watching in a position battle. And then you have the bullpen, which will be very interesting. I think for sure you're going to see Hoyer. You're going to see Crochet. You're going to see Fry. You're going to see Marshall. You're going to see Bummer. You're going to see Hendricks. There's that other spot. Is it Jimmy Cordero? Is it Foster? Is it is it somebody else that we haven't thought of that's going to slide in there and get that spot? Is it going to be one of the non-roster invitees that we talked about on our last show? Those are where your battles are on this team. Which one do you want to make a prediction on first? Like when I said it, you were like, nope, this one for sure. I know who's winning this one. Is there one like that for you? I don't know that there's one that is a... Look, this is this is exactly how this is going to go because there's absolutely no chance of anybody else bringing it in there. But I think the biggest battle, if you want to go that route, the biggest battle is that fourth and fifth starter spot. And I, I do agree with you. I think they are very committed to Cease. I don't see him being unseated unless he comes into spring training and just has absolutely no control over where the baseball is going because that's been his huge Achilles heel and they can't afford to have him leaving stuff over the middle of the plate and then throwing it completely on the outside and, and too high, too low, and all that stuff. You know, he just, he, he's got to come in and be able to throw strikes. Kopech, I think if he is really as good as he has been reported to be in his workouts and can come out on the mound and in-game action, throw strikes, command the plate, get his stuff over, throw all of his pitches, and throw all of his pitches well... I don't see why they wouldn't break camp with him, but I do think that you could have Ronaldo Lopez steal that spot from Kopech initially. I think that Carlos Rodon is $3 million that they're going to have to justify because he's not a pitcher that you want coming out of the pen. And I do think that they've got a couple of guys that they look at as being potential guys that could come and steal it. And that could be like, say, Jimmy Lambert or Jonathan Stever could come in and say, okay, you know what, we're going to take this ball first because Cease or Kopech failed to do it. And I don't think it's necessarily an order which they have to go. I don't know that Cease is necessarily considered the fourth starter just because he was here the last two years and Kopech was injured and opted out. No, I think you're right about that. We don't know what the rotation will be. I'll tell you what I think is going to happen because I think I know what they want to have happen. I think Cease and Kopech will be the two guys in the back end. I think Lopez goes down to the minor leagues. And I think Carlos Rodon is going to be a swing man who's going to pitch in, out of the bullpen. And even though we don't think that that's what he is, even though uh, it has been presented by his own camp, uh, namely his wife, that that's not what he is, 
I think that there might have been a reason why. We all assume that Bob Nightingale is just stupid. And yeah, he writes an awful lot of stupid things and seems very uninformed. And I don't know how he's a writer for USA Today and their baseball expert. I would never even want him on this show. He's lost all credibility with me. He's wrong on everything. Yeah. But he he talked about Rodon being another option instead of Hendricks. And everybody's like, is he talking about Kalame? Uh, uh, like, what what is he what is he doing there? Like, how did he screw that up? And he took down the tweet eventually. But remember, he gets his information from Jerry. And somewhere, I feel like the telephone game happened, where by the time it went from Han through Williams and, and over to Reinstorf, and maybe he heard Tony Larusa say something to him, Jerry turned around and presented him as a relief pitcher because deep down in the end. They think that he would be more effective in the pen and a guy that they can bring out for spot starts without having to bring somebody up. They could stretch him out real quick and they could have him have a spot start if it is necessary. And I think he's going to be a guy that's actually going to sit in the bullpen. You're going to need a true long reliever, especially with Kopech on an innings limit. And I think that they actually break camp with six starters and Rodon is actually not a guy that goes out and takes the mound for the first inning but he's a guy that shows up in the third or fourth inning and he starts that inning off. If somehow Kopech's not feeling it, if something's not going right with those two guys that are down at the bottom, he they, they'll bring in a reliever to get that guy out of that terrible inning. And then Rodon comes in and pitches three, four, five innings and starts the inning. He doesn't come in with anybody on base. And then you would be like, well, that's why they spent $3 million on Because I don't think they're sending him down with Lopez having an option. Can I blow your mind on this? Can I yeah, blow your it. mind go on this? Blow my mind, man. Blow it. Well, everyone is assuming that Garrett Crochet will be used as basically whatever you can call a loogie these days and will be put in high leverage situations. What if, because they want Crochet to be a starter, your theory about Carlos Rodon is the plan for Garrett Crochet? They are going to stretch him out, use him as a multi-inning reliever, get him ready to be a starter in the majors, and they view Rodon as being a high leverage reliever that his fastball and that slider that has been his calling card since he was drafted, they believe is going to play up and make him an incredibly effective setup man or high leverage reliever. And Rodon may or may not want to be that, but he's going to have an opportunity to invent himself, reinvent himself rather, as that high leverage reliever. And they think that they have something that will unlock him to make him as lights out as, say, Aaron Bummer. You know what? You could be 100% right on that. Remember when we're talking about crochet? I don't think he's a loogie. Loogies are guys that like used to come in for one or two batters, and now it has to be a minimum of three. That's what Fry is. Fry's a loogie. Uh, Bummer is more of a left-handed pitcher that can come in, and he can pitch through an inning and maybe even come out for the next one if necessary. Bummer could be a closer. Right, and he could be a closer. Crochet yeah. they're talking about with him. Like he, I think they view crochet more like, remember like Andrew Miller? where he would come in in like the middle of a game, not at the end of a game, but he might give you two to three innings. And if he's rolling against a lineup that was set up for a right-handed pitcher, and now all of a sudden you bring him in for two or three innings, that that would just kill them. Uh, Josh Hader's used the same way. He's been used that way an awful lot by Milwaukee. I feel like he is their hater for this year, but it is clear in 2022 he is a starter, which then also makes me question, as much as we think it makes sense for them to extend Lynn, and we've heard from people in the that cover the Rangers that he was looking for a place where he could land and be extended, so you know he'd be open to it. If everything's going great, Giolito, Keuchel, Cease, and Kopech look incredible, they won't even talk to Lance Lynn because Garrett Crochet will be the fifth starter. Or they'll trade Dallas Keuchel. Then they could deal Keuchel away. 
There's a lot of interesting things here. These are things we could never think about a couple of years ago when we were going over this. Let's take a, I think we both agree that we think Luke Croy is going to win the catcher job, right? The backup catcher job. Yeah, because you have, I mean, Zach Collins has not been good behind the plate. They, I think they need him to get reps behind the plate if they think that he's ever going to be anything back there. Or they're going to send him down to AAA and tell him, find another position and, right. and do something. You're not a catcher. And I think Andrew Vaughn is clearly going to be the guy who's going to be starting at DH, even if it's, two, if it's two weeks after the season starts or on day one. He's your DH. All right, he's getting the Chris Bryant treatment. Okay, for yeah. for Chicago fans that remember what was going on with him, and and trust me, he may have the same reaction as Chris Bryant, and we're gonna have to deal with that for a long time. So hopefully, the White Sox can extend him. That would be big news. And then the Danny Mendick Tim Beckham competition is also going to be an intriguing one. But I think that's a real competition right there between those two guys for that last spot sitting on the bench. And trust me, that is the last spot. Because Angle's the first outfielder in, and Larry Garcia can go to outfield or infield, depending on where they want to put him. And they're going to give those guys a lot more playing time than this last guy in, whether it be Beckham or, or Mendick. But it, th- so there's going to be something they're looking for, and it might just be who's the best at third base. And they're going to need somebody that when they go in there and they have to play third because Moncada needs a day off, which one covers third the best? because they're not as concerned about Leary covering second. It might be third and short they might be talking about. Which ones do we like on that side of the infield the most? That might be the biggest difference. Defense on that side of the infield and speed, base running ability. Because if they're going to keep that starting the uh, extra innings with a runner on second, that's that's why they got Gerard Dyson last year, because they wanted a real true speed burner to start off at second base or to bring him in as a pinch runner. So if Beckham's got wheels still, which supposedly he did, uh, and he's faster than Mendick and can handle the defense better, that's what they're looking for. I don't think they give a care in the world whether or not Mendick or Beckham actually has anything with the bat. If they can contribute, fantastic. If they can't, eh. 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 I like it. Eh. Well, he becomes, I mean, to draw a 2005 White Sox comparison, he becomes Willie Harris. We all need a little Willie Harris in our life. Yes, we do. Are you a CFO, HR professional, or owner of a company, big or small, and you're tired of the typical health insurance premium increases each and every year? Out of control premiums with no end in sight. Well, now there is the elite benefits formula. This process has saved employers and their employees thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars each year. These strategies are avoided by most insurance professionals, and the insurance companies definitely do not want you to know about them. But Elite Benefits of America is ready to help you. Just about all employers in the Chicagoland area can now take advantage of some or all of these strategies and start saving money. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. All right, so let's talk about the big announcement. Let's get, let's get it in here. I'm going to throw on some announcement music here. We are very excited to announce here on our 250th episode the first ever Socks in the Basement Fest. You know, there was no Socks Fest this year. Honestly. Yeah. And, and there have been other people that have tried to do some things online. Shout out to the 108. I know they did a 108 fest already. And we've been sitting around trying to figure out how to pull this off. 
Really, since they announced there wasn't going to be a Sax Fest, I want to say it was like on October or November, they had already decided they weren't going to do it. And the, and the thing that we've missed out on without a Sax Fest this year is the ability for us to get together and talk and hang out. And I know that there's a pandemic going on, but I also am very aware of the fact that vaccines are getting out there, that there might be people that feel comfortable by the end of March that they want to get together and do something. And there are venues that can put together pretty safe spread out things that would be an awful lot of fun to do things and give you just just a taste of what you'd be missing this year because we didn't get to get together as a huge ginormous you know group of fans so the blue island beer company located in blue island illinois will be the proud host of the first ever socks in the basement fest 13357 old western avenue Mark the date, March 20th down. It is a Saturday. It'll kick off in the afternoon. I have spoken with many of the people that you hear on this show regularly who have all said, I'm in. I expect that we will have podcasters, bloggers, beat reporters, maybe some big names stopping through. I've got an awful lot of like handshake or like, don't worry about it. I'll be there. Give me the details. I want to go agreements with people that are going to show up for it. And we hope to be able to start announcing specific names and specific details. And also when you can pick up tickets for the event, because the way this is going to work is this, Ed, sit down, talk with Alan over at Blue Island Beer Company. They got great beer. Oh, they have fantastic beer. Oh, they got fantastic beer. They got a big venue in the back, big spread out thing where they've had like beer festivals in the back where they bring in a bunch of different breweries and a big giant door that opens up to it so they can get fresh air into the place. That's got a stage and a sound system that's in the back of Blue Island Beer Company. That's the ideal place where this will be held. If for some reason restrictions hit and it's a beautiful day outside, we go outside in the parking lot. We got a, we got a plan for that. We've come up with like as many contingencies as we can. But what we need to know is how many people are going to go. And then that way we're able to plan under these weird circumstances as to how we're going to set everything up. So there's going to be tickets for this event. It's $15, but it includes a Socks in the Basement trucker hat and also beer when you walk in the door. Basically, you're paying for the hat and the beer and you're getting them at a discount so that we know how many people are actually showing up. So Alan knows how many people he needs to hire for the event. And so we don't overpack the place and violate a COVID rule. There'll be additional swag and we're looking to try to get some raffles going and things like that. That'll all be included in your admission as well. So when we have memorabilia, when we do anything, we give it away, that stuff will be thrown in there as well in the ticket. And we're going to be announcing all these add-ons to it. They're not up for sale right now. So I just want you to mark the date, March 20th, Socks in the Basement Fest, Blue Island Beer Company, and keep listening for details as to how you can get in on this. It's a little over a month away. It should be an absolute blast. This is going to be an exciting thing, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this for the first time this year, but it not being the last time we do this. And you know it's only going to get bigger, but it, what a great way to start off. So you're, you're 15 bucks, you're getting the hat, you're getting the beer and you're getting us for free, which is about how much us you want to pay for us. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about doing a podcast row as well. I'm, I, I've already talked with some of the other pods, like an idea that while we're going to set it up, like kind of like how a fest would go. Right. So there's going to be like a main right. stage. Where we'll have people come on. We're going to announce an entire schedule for that day. Right. We're going to have the we're going to have a podcast row where you can actually watch somebody record their podcast. So you can actually see people sit down and record their podcast if you're a big fan of White Sox podcasts. So we're going to be doing stuff like that. Uh, and of course, the beer is spectacular over there. We're going to get some food trucks set up outside. I mean, this this thing is going to be huge. 
And the idea is to do it with enough space and with enough safety that we follow all the COVID regulations, but we allow everybody to kind of get together because we, you know, and, and it's perfect because it's going to be towards the end of March. I think we're going to get fairly good weather. I mean, worst case, you're, you're standing around in like a, like a coat if you have to stand outside and, and best case, we're all inside and the taco trucks are sitting right there outside of the open door. We get one of those pleasant spring days. You know, there's no way to predict it. And it's hard to believe that with the snow that's outside this week. <laughs> I was going to say, that if that's you look outside, Rod Nye, the idea of an right. outside uh, yeah. event seems, right. seems stupid. It, but. It's hard to believe that it's going to be cool in a month to do that. But if, if you've lived in a city long enough, you understand that there's a great possibility we get a beautiful day that day. It's going to be like post. I mean, like there's been days where you go out for the Southside Irish Parade, which would be two weeks earlier in, in, in this timeline. And it, it's beautiful out. So don't don't tell me that we might not get a great day for it. And we also have an indoor possibility as well. So we keep listening. You're going to get details on this. We're going to have the people announced that are going to be appearing. We're talking with an awful lot of folks that have said, yeah, I'm in. Just get me the details. Let's do this. Let's do this. I want to get a whole schedule out. You know, I want to announce the lineup. I want to get, we're going to have a blast with this thing. And we're looking forward to hanging out with all of you. There is a game on March 20th, Sox Cleveland out of Glendale at 3.05 in the afternoon on whitesox.com. So we're going to set up the stream for that game okay. as well at the, at the, at the brewery. So you get to watch a ball game with us too. Okay. So a hat, beer, us, other podcasters, a bunch of guests and game and some food trucks. And yeah. it's probably going to be a nice day. And at the very least, it's not going to be negative degrees with three feet of snow on the ground. Right. Right. And dancing girls and uh, fire eaters. I mean, we're going to whatever, man. We're gonna find, Someone's going to get punched in the face. Maybe a, maybe a it's Ferris gonna wheel. Right. Yeah. You know, something. So it's going to who knows how nuts this is going to get. All right. Rodeo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, a rodeo. That'd be a good idea. We could throw in a rodeo. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Dungeons and Dragons tournament. I, I want to say, since we're at the end of the 250th episode, first off, a uh, long time ago, a very, very trusted advisor told me never bring up what episode it is because nobody will care. And he likely is right. And I probably shouldn't have mentioned it so many times, but I was excited about it. And I was excited about it because that's a big deal to get to that number already. And I remember when we started, I think we had something like 12 downloads for our first show. That was it. And, and you were 11 of them, I think. <laughs> I know. I think I was 11 times. And and now you you fast forward just last year, uh, according to IAB, that's the uh, Internet Advertising Bureau. That's like the official third party thing where you can't fudge the numbers. It goes through and takes out like extra listens and whether or not like your sister listened in the other room and you listen and it counts as two. No, it just counts as one because they sort out all the IP addresses. They don't listen to the doubles. They, they take out, they take it out unless you listen to the end of the show, full complete downloads of socks in the basement, well into the six figures in 2020. And for a guy that had 12 on the first one, uh, you know, a few years back, I just want to say thanks, folks. I want to say thanks to every single one of you that's out there, every single one of you that sat there and and retweeted it, who have uh, reposted on your Facebook pages, who have tagged your friends when you see it pop up on social media, like, hey, you should check this out. I know you're a big White Sox fan. Uh, every single one of you that has supported this show, uh, we got the 250 really quick because we did those simulated ball games, so they all count. So we're trying to figure out the math. We did simulate a season for a couple of months. Okay. And those all counted as episodes. But in reality, the fact that everybody listened to those, that's, that's what kept us alive when we were a baseball podcast with no baseball. And so you guys did an amazing job uh, helping grow this show 
And uh, every accomplishment that it is is uh, not really mine. It's every one of the fans that listen to the show and all the people that call in and all the people that participate and all those that have been involved in it and all the sponsors that have believed in us. So I really appreciate it. That is a thank you from me. Uh, I know Ed thanks you. And if my original co-host Dave was here, he would say, shut up. I'm trying to kill an orc with my 20-sided die. Thank you very much for listening to Socks in the Basement. We will see you for show 251. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at Socks in the Basement. Basement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Well, there's going to be a series uh, while spring training's going on. What I'm doing is, based on the fact that Pakoda kind of sat on the socks face a little... No, wait. That, that came out wrong. <laughs> uh, what I'm doing during spring training is I'm doing... <laughs> That was a good one. You should try that again. Yeah. Let's try that without without the f***ing face sitting. What's wrong? Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.